Welcome to Grow It Minnesota, the podcast about growing fruit, vegetables, flowers, and anything else in a cold, cold climate. I'm your host, Mary Shear, a home gardener and garden writer based in St. Paul, Minnesota. My book is The Northern Gardener from Apples to Zinnias, a basic guide for northern gardeners with a little history thrown in. The history is from the Minnesota State Horticultural Society. I also edit their magazine, Northern Gardener, and you can find more about that at northerngardener.org or check out my blog, mynortherngarden.com. Now let's get on to today's guest. Uh, well, today I'm joined by Stephanie Thoreau, and she is the author of a number of books on canning and fermenting, including Can It and Ferment It, which I think people are familiar with. And she has a brand new book called Weck Home Preserving, made from scratch recipes for water bath canning, fermenting, pickling, and more. And it's just a delightful introduction to doing canning and preserving the food you grow in your garden. So thank you for joining me, Stephanie. Um, let's talk a little bit about how you got into doing food preservation. I know you're a gardener. So were you a gardener first and then a preserver or a preserver first and then a gardener? Thank you for having me, Mary. Um, I was first a preserver and my story is, is uh, kind of funny. I, I didn't get into canning because I had a lot of interest in preserving initially. I just wanted to know how to make a good garlic dill pickle so I could put it in my Bloody Mary. <laughs> that is that simple. Truth. Um, it started with a pickle. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I love pickles and I wanted to know how to make one. Um, and so I only knew one person at the time that canned, which is uh, my now husband's aunt. And so I asked her if she would teach me and she was happy to. And um, I didn't have a vegetable garden at the time. And so pickling cucumbers are available at the market starting late July here. So we made a date for late July. And I went over to her house in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and we canned, I think, 20 quarts of pickles that day, 20 quarts of pickled beets, two types of jam. We just spent the whole day canning and just having a blast. And I was completely hooked after that. Wow. And so when did you start teaching and writing about canning? Um, about four years ago. I know you're also what's called a master preserver, which it seems is a little bit like a master gardener. That is, you have extra training and then you volunteer to teach about it as well. But tell me how you became a master preserver. Yeah, um, I just wanted to get any additional training that I could. And so uh, certified master food preservers are trained in all methods of food preservation that uh, are approved by the USDA. So Minnesota used to offer that, um, and so did Wisconsin, but because of funding, they don't currently. But there are places around the country that do. And so I found a class that was available in Hawaii. And um, <laughs> I was looking <laughs> for any reason to go back there. <laughs> was it in January? <laughs> Sadly, no, it was in June. That summer felt really short here in Minnesota, but hey, uh, it was great. And so we learned about uh, water bath canning and fermenting, which I already knew, but they go more in depth about uh, pressure canning and freezing and food safety. And we did some charcuterie. And um, 
then you get a big test and you have to do a, a demo at the end and, and you pass. And then you commit to volunteering and helping other people learn how to safely preserve food as well. And um, so it was a great experience. And if, if anybody has the opportunity to take a class like that, I would recommend it. Yeah, I mean, food preserving is a little bit tricky. You do have to be careful about the health things. And so that's why I always advise people who want to start doing that to make sure you're following the recipe and following Absolutely. the protocols. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a great resource um, for people that may not know about it. It's it's just online and it's the USDA Complete Guide to Home Canning. And it's, it's so much information and it's all free. Um and they also have a print version of that, and that will explain all all the methods and timing and everything. So I don't know if we can link to that, but I can we, send you that. Yeah, we sure can. We'll put that in the show notes so folks can uh, look at that guide, and it's a great guide. I've seen, I've used it too when doing preser- preserving. Um, so where do you think you know? So should a should a beginning preserver start with a pickle, or where where do you think they should start? What are some of the easiest things to do? Um, I don't, I don't think they should start with 20 quarts of pickles the first time <laughs> that might turn them off, but, uh, yeah, pickles are very easy. It's just a vinegar, water, and salt, and you're submerging, um, well, for water bath canning, and you're basically just pouring this hot brine over your vegetable and you let it pickle, uh, for, but usually with canning, I say jams are very simple, like a simple strawberry jam. It's quick, it's easy, and a small batch of it. Um, kind of get the method down. But if someone has the opportunity to, to learn to can with an experienced canner, that's even better. I think when um, a novice is reading about it, it can sometimes seem confusing or intimidating. Um, but that's why I try to write my recipes in these books like really basic um, because it, it isn't a scary, it isn't a scary thing to do. No. It's very empowering. It is. It, I mean, the first time I made strawberry jam, I mean, it was scary because you've got water boiling all over the place and hot liquids and whatnot. But then it's done and it's beautiful. And it can exactly. put it on the shelf. So it's yeah, fun. that's the best part. You can put it on the shelf for a year, a year and a half and open that jar up and it tastes just as good as it did on day one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So let's explain. We've we've used a couple of terms already, like water bath canning and fermenting. And the book, the new book, it talks about how to, some, it has recipes for water bath canning. It has recipes for fermenting. It also has what you call um, just small batch good things, or I, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, just made from scratch, made from- homemade, you know, it's the infused sugars. It's how to grow sprouts in jars, how to preserve lemons, things that don't require canning or fermenting but you're still preserving made from scratch recipes uh, in the WEC jars. This book is specific to WEC jars as it was a collaboration, but all these recipes can be used with our standard mason jars that we have here as well. Okay. So like water bath canning, what does that mean? Let's just do the basics. Well, that's when you're taking an acidic preserve or a preserve or like tomatoes that you've acidified and you're putting it through this high heat process and creating a, a sealed preserve that you can keep at room temperature or, you know, in a pantry or a cupboard for 18 months. Yep. And it seals the lid on and you, you'll know it's sealed on because you can't pop it off easily. And um, with the pressure canning, you're that see I say start with the water bath canning the mm-hmm. pressure canning 
that water bath is the gateway to the food preservation. What uh, pressure canning is a bit more intimidating for people. So just start with the water bath canning. And and you had mentioned that you don't ferment. Yet. No, I have fear of fermentation. <laughs> so you can t- talk me down. Talk me down. Okay. <laughs> well, that's actually why my first cookbook or how it was born is because it, at the time, it seemed like people either canned or fermented. They didn't really do both. Um, when you're canning, you're killing off the bacteria that could be in that fruit or vegetable. And when you're fermenting, you're creating this safe environment where good bacteria can grow. And so it seemed like fermenters were didn't really understand why anybody would kill off all the bacteria and canners didn't understand why, you know. So in that first book, um, I, every fruit and vegetable has a way to can and ferment it just so you can um, have the benefits of both and taste the, the flavor differences. But to get you into fermenting, I just want to let you know that there's not one documented case of foodborne illness from a fermented vegetable. Really? Not one. But think of uh, just raw produce. We just had a recall for onions here around the country. Yeah. I have romaine lettuce. You know, it's all about safe food handling. Right. So it actually, you have a recipe in the book that I'm probably going to start with when I get on my fermentation journey here. And that's for bread and butter pickles, which Mm -hmm. I've made as a canned product many, many times. It's kind of a sweet pickle. So tell me how you do it as a ferment and how would you do it differently? Well, with the canned version, you use vinegar and I don't use any vinegar with this ferment. And, um, I didn't, I wasn't sure I could develop a recipe that tasted like a canned bread and butter pickle, but you'll be surprised at how this is very comparable. It's very good. Um, I create a brine of uh, salt and water, which is basically the brine for all veggie ferments um, that I have in here. And I seasoned it with some turmeric, honey, celery seeds, uh, mustard seeds, onion. And you kind of do the same method with the, the pickling cucumbers very slice them and salt and ice bat I, I think the the key to a crunchy canned or fermented pickle is to use cucumbers that are freshly harvested and I prefer to use the small three to four inch ones because I think they stay crispier and basically you mix it all up put the lid on your jar and let it sit on the counter for a few days and give it a taste um, and if it tastes like a raw cucumber, give it another day or two and try it again. And once you found that flavor you're looking for, you put it in the fridge and there you go. Yeah, that that's that's that doesn't sound too bad. And then no. you don't have to boil the water. And actually, that brings me to a question, another question. So um, I'm a longtime water bath canner. But I, in my new house, this house I've been in for a couple of years, we have a glass top stove. Mm-hmm. And I've heard you can't can on one of those. Um, I have a glass top stove too now, and I've been using that for about five years. You can, uh, you just need a canning pot that has a flat bottom. Oh. If, if it kind of uh, goes inward at the bottom of your pot. And yeah, which is create... what mine does. Mine yeah, does. I was able to find, I think it's Victoro brand, I could check, but I did find a flat bottom canning pot and that's what you're looking for. Otherwise it can create like a suction and break your glass top. But um, I'm pretty sure when I was looking for a new pot, I read it on, you know, the details of the listing. So that's just something to look into um, when you're looking at pots, but you certainly can can with a glass top. 
Well, that's good. That's good news because there's, I mean, like I say, there's a lot of fear about things like fermenting and canning and people are just kind of afraid to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they, they shouldn't be. You can, you can make it work if you follow the rules. Right. And what's, what's really easy about fermentation or vegetable fermentation specifically is that, like I said, it's basically salt water and you're submerging vegetables in it. And so if I go to the garden and I pick a couple of cups of beans, but I'm tired of eating them raw or cooking them up or I don't want to freeze them anymore, I can create this saltwater brine and submerge the beans in there with a little bit of garlic or garlic and dill or whatever you want and uh, just leave it on the counter for a few days. And then you have a really delicious pickle. Um, and it's, it's really that simple. The key to a good veggie ferment is just to keep everything under the brine. Otherwise, it's exposed. It, it can mold. But that's really the big trick. Just keep right. it, keep it submerged. Yeah. So you keep the keep the vegetables that you're actually fermenting under, under yep. the water, essentially, yep. or under the mm-hmm. under the brine, right? So, so tell me how you came. So tell me a little bit about Weck jars. They're they're I have not seen. I've seen them, but I've never used them for canning. So how are they different from the standard ball, you know, ball or mason jar that people use? Okay, sure. So, well, Weck is a German jar company that's been around for over 100 years, and those are the common jars in Europe. So here we have our mason jars. They use Weck jars. Uh, commercially, when you go to the store, a lot of the preserves and stuff you'll buy are in Weck jars. So that's just what they've used. Um, I like them, and I started using them because I was, you know, getting rid of all the plastic in my house like eight years ago, and I, I, I decided I'm going to primarily use uh, these jars for canning because when you expose, you know, the the ball lids to high heat, there was a period of time where they used to have BPA in the canning lids. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Okay, I think that's when I when I made the big shift. Like I've been a fan of the jars; I've used them for over a decade. But that's when I really started putting our preserves in them. And I so they have a glass jar, glass lid, and a rubber ring, and then two clamps. And so um, you can reuse that ring and the lid forever. I've never actually replaced mine for, you know, over a decade. Um, And otherwise, the whole process is pretty much the same. So when you're canning and you put your little uh, metal lid and ring on and then put it in your water bath, uh, this method you're just putting the rubber ring on the glass lid clamping it down and then put it in the water bath the timing and everything is the same Um, when you take it out of the water bath and put it on your towel line surface you don't touch it for 12 hours just like with your other canned goods when you're using mason jars and then um, to check the seal you'll remove the clamps once it's totally cooled and that glass lid will not come off the jar so that's how you know it's sealed right so the little rubber ring the little rubber ring sort of seals it is that yep yep yeah and they're very attractive yeah yeah Yeah. so they're great for all sorts of food storage they're kind of trendy now you know for making sourdough or smoothies or whatever but they are great they are great canning jars as well and who who did you write this book for who's it what what who's it aimed at um, I mean, really, if a beginner or someone that has been preserving for years, um, anybody interested in food preservation. Do you have some favorite recipes in the book that 
things that you you created and really enjoy yeah um i really really like the sweet corn relish and that's Mm -hmm. so simple it's just onion green pepper and corn but once fermented it's just so full of flavor and delicious i put it on everything i love that one um there's a peach and plum jam I really well, I saw that one. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful and simple, and I I really like canning with peaches. That's my new favorite <laughs> over the last couple of years is peaches. Um, but yeah, we did. I did a broccoli pickle, which sounds weird, but it's absolutely delicious. Yeah, it's um, really good. <laughs> it's really good, and um, yeah, I the infused maple syrup, super simple but really delicious. I mean, just. And that's the thing. These preserves make great gifts. And once you're making your own, it's like it's cost effective, but also made from the heart. I mean, they're just great gifts, especially this year when maybe our holidays may look a little different. Yeah. One of the recipes you had that I thought was especially interesting was for a garlic infused salt. Mm. It's not a fermented or a canned. It was, it's one of the made from scratch recipes. Mm-hmm. But it's so interesting. Tell tell folks how you make that garlic infused salt. Oh, oh, I love it. Yeah. So I roast the garlic in the oven and mash it up and mix it with the salt and spread it out on a cookie sheet and and put it in the oven at a low temp until it's all crispy, crunchy and can easily be, you know, broken apart. And then if you have a salt grinder, you can put it in there. But I love garlic salt. So <laughs> uh, I thought it would be a good recipe to teach people how to make because it's very easy. And then do you, um, uh, what do you use it on? Oh, Meats? what don't I use it on would okay. be a shorter list. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everything. I really like it on fresh chopped cucumbers, you know, sliced oh. cucumbers. Yeah. Oh, really? Just, yeah. just the cucumbers with salt on them. A little garlic, salt, and cucumbers. Yep. Uh, but potatoes, yes, we season with it. I mean, it's really good on everything. Yeah. So this is you know, we're this is grow at Minnesota. So we're about gardening. So tell me a little bit about your own garden. Okay. Um. So we moved to our home about twelve years ago, and it had a little flower garden in the back, but it was pretty shady, and I didn't really know anything about gardening. So I was just trying to keep it alive, which usually I failed by you know midsummer. Um. But then I had a child, and as she got a little bit old enough to dig around with me, I got really interested in growing our own food and teaching her how, and she was very into the whole process as well. And so, uh, year by year, we just kind of grow grow our space. So my husband dug out a few bushes we had in the back and put in some um, garden beds. And we had just those three for many years with some raspberry bushes and rhubarb. But then this year we removed a sick tree in our backyard and opened up this huge like 15 by 20 sunny space. And I had started a ton of seeds in the in the spring and end of February, maybe a little bit too early actually, but I was excited. (laughs) I was happy we had a a early spring. Um, But 
So I started pretty much everything we grow from seed this year, except some kale. And it's just been great therapy this year with all of our travel plans canceled. I, I've, I've never enjoyed gardening more than I do this year. And I'm already excited for what we're going to grow next year and oh. wondering what new space we can create because this new large space isn't big enough. <laughs> Yeah, and that happens. And we have so many new gardeners this year. I'm glad you're encouraging of people to just like, keep growing, keep trying new things. It, there's going to be, it'll get better and you'll, you'll get smarter about gardening. Yeah, it's a yeah. learning experience. I mean, now that I've been doing it, you know, like actually trying to grow vegetables for the last eight years and this year doing so much, I still feel like I know nothing. <laughs> But what's really nice about gardeners is that they're happy to share their tips and tricks. And I found a great community on Instagram for gardening. Yes. And your your handle, it's Minnesota from scratch, I believe. Yep. That's correct. That's and correct. It's, it, you had a beautiful picture the other day of your potato harvest. That's very impressive. Oh, thank potatoes. you. Yes. yes. Yeah. And and that's the that's one of the easiest things I to grow, I think, are potatoes for somebody you know, I just put them in the dirt and then we have treasures in the ground. I mean, I, there's more to it than that, obviously. And I've tried different methods, but and that's the other thing. I think certain things work for some people that don't work for others. We trial and error. Right. And as it, you know, and I've been gardening for a long time, like a couple of decades at least. And, and you do continually learn and continually try things. And I know this year has been a great vegetable garden for me, but that's because I'm home. I'm just home a lot more. And so I'm out there. Oh, I know. Around. And that's true of a lot of uh, folks. Yeah. Totally. I know. I was like, what will this look like in the future when I'm not home every day? I mean, I'm out there for over an hour every day. That's not normal for our lifestyle. So that's something I'll have to work in because this is my new my new thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, have you noticed more interest from people? I mean, we have seen this huge influx of people into gardening. There's like 16 million new gardeners in the U.S. this year. Have you seen more interest in canning and preserving? Yeah. And there's a jar shortage now. So I think a lot of people are starting to worry about you know, food safety, and it's on the top of their minds. So absolutely, I have people writing me all the time. And that's the other thing, I'm happy to answer questions. You know, the best way to reach me is probably through Instagram, but I'm I'm a, happy to be a resource for anyone with any questions on food mm -hmm. preserving or, you know, beginner canners or whatever. Will you be teaching anytime? Um, I'm going to try and get virtual by winter. I've been asked, uh, few times and I just don't have the setup yet, but I am going to definitely try and get there. Um, so, uh, so what from your garden are you canning right now? Um, jalapenos, lots of jalapenos. Oh yeah. Tell people about the candied jalapenos because that looks delicious. Oh, okay. So those are, you know, sweet and spicy and it's made with apple cider vinegar and sugar but then you have the heat from the jalapenos and there's garlic powder they're really delicious i enjoy the candied jalapenos on top of a cracker with goat cheese uh, but i i also sell my canned goods periodically throughout the year and that is just one preserve i cannot keep in stock people crave the the 
cowboy candy. It's it's nickname is or the candied jalapenos, and they love it on everything: pizzas, tacos, burgers. They get obsessive. And what's it? What's it called? Cowboy candy. I think yeah, that's the nickname, cowboy candy. <laughs> and you mentioned you sell your goods. Um, do you sell online, or how? How if somebody wanted to buy cowboy candy from you, holiday? Oh, uh, periodically throughout the year, I'll do craft shows or whatever, and I'll and then I'll sell them. I can't sell them out of state. I'm a cottage food handler, so I just right. sell in state. Um, usually around Christmas time at events. Yeah, we may or may not have this year. Yeah, I'm not sure, but I'm still going to make the cowboy candy. Can't yeah. keep that one in stock. Yeah. And that recipe <laughs> is in the book. It's yep. It's and it's it's kind of pretty. It would be actually it'd be a great Christmas gift because it's so nice and green. Mm-hmm. Put a red ribbon on that. Yep. Saying. Or I've even seen a lot of people making it with the red peppers and green peppers. Even better. Oh, <laughs> That would be delicious. Okay, so there are, are there any other favorite recipes in the book we should talk about? Um, I mean, I really love them all. That's why they made it to it. But the um, fermented radish salsa is also one of my new favorites. Um, that one's also really simple: just red radishes, scallions, cilantro, jalapenos, and kosher salt. And I put a little pepper in there too, and I let that ferment. And it just becomes this beautiful, bright pink, flavorful uh, salsa that you can just eat with chips or spoon it over some steak or, you know, it's really good on anything you'd have salsa on. (laughs) And then just for those with a sweet tooth, there's one other one I'd like to talk about, which is the apple pie jam. Oh, the photo of that. I'm like totally making that. (laughs) (laughs) That one, that one is delicious. It's just like apple pie without the crust. And um, I like to mix that one in with yogurt, actually. Oh, good breakfast item. Yeah, it's it's a nice sweet treat. And you don't need much because it is lots of flavor and it is sweet, but it's a really good one. Nice. Great. Okay. Well, that I think that covers a lot of what we want to talk about. So, Stephanie, the book, it's it's available now, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. From all the usual places. Yep. Anywhere you can order books online. And then Tractor Supply Company is also going to stock it nationwide, but I don't know if they have it yet. And do they have the wet jars too? They have. They may have sold out. And they seem to always have Can It and Fermented in stock as well. Okay. Great. <laughs> yep. Great. Yeah. So, and then following you on Instagram at Minnesota from scratch. Yep. Minnesota from scratch, Minnesota spelled out. Um, I post a lot of what I'm doing in the garden or in the kitchen or just day to day life. And that is a great way to reach me if you have any questions. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back in a couple of weeks with another episode of Grow It Minnesota.